This is the Breaking Labels Podcast, and I'm Rosanna Gill. Each episode, we'll discuss labels that have confined the stories of my guests at one point or another and their journeys to thrive beyond them. Some labels are external, and others we put on ourselves as limiting beliefs. But regardless of where the label comes from, we're here to break it because we were meant for so much more. Hello, welcome to the Breaking Labels podcast. And if you are a first time listener, you have just hopped into part two of A Different Perspective, which is a series that I am doing to start conversations about race and to answer questions that listeners submitted about race and ethnicity. I hope that if this is your first episode, you go back and listen to part one, which was released last week. And if you are a return listener, I am so glad you're here and that you are here for part two of this very enlightening and very, for me at least, thought-provoking conversation with Lori and Catherine. So I will not waste any time with any niceties this week. I just want to jump into the the rest of this conversation because that is really what you are here for. So with that, here we go. Okay, so this is kind of a scenario. Okay, there's a small group of us with me, another Caucasian male, and two African-American males. I asked what do people like to be referred to as, as far as ethnicity and why? So we chatted about that. And then I said, I made the mistake of asking a mixed person one day if they minded being called mulatto. Insert crickets. I told them I'm sorry because a rapper is out there called Big Mulatto. And I've heard from some it's okay and some it's completely not okay. I was confused and it became a civil debate. So now I'm going to tell you right now, I know this person. I'm the one who said, I don't care if you call me mulatto. Like I don't, I don't have any tie to that word. Doesn't bother me one bit, but that's why I wanted to discuss this because for some people it is very like it's incredibly offensive. I was so angry when I saw that. Really, pissed. Okay, pissed. And if I heard someone refer to you like that in in my presence, I would go after them. I I just I don't like it. And it refers to me. It it just harkens back to a time where again, white supremacy and the whole one drop rule and whole thing of assuming that the white race is the best race and anything that's mixed in is a contamination. And so then you're representing what percentage of contamination is present in the bloodline. It's, I mean, it's offensive to me. I, I really don't like it. And I don't know of any black person in the United States that doesn't have a very mixed history for a lot of reasons, right. including mm-hmm. the history of rape. Yep. And, and, and it's tinged with this whole thing of teaching black people to not love themselves and the features that come with being specifically oh. African. Big lips. <laughs> Dark skin, broad nose, I mean, curly hair to nappy hair. Mm -hmm. It's like, don't, don't. And, you know, he's lucky he only got crickets. Yeah. Lucky he only got crickets. Well, I think part of that might have been also, and so this was part of the discussion was, well, that was at a professional situation. So the Black people that he was talking to probably knew 
I'm not going to tell you what I really think. I'm not going to show my cards at a professional place and then be perceived as the angry black person. Like a conference or something or? No, I think it was like they, they it's a, a group of them that speak with each other. Like this person oh, wants, so here's the thing. This person wants to have, talk about race and wants to understand it. So they've been having these conversations. Well, why don't they just Google it? Or, I mean, <laughs> I just don't understand why if you have any sense that a word is offensive, why even have it in your vocabulary? Like, I don't, I just, like, if someone were to come up to me and say, like, why is the N-word, are you offended by that? And they actually, like, said it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I, I don't understand why people don't do their own research around things rather than bringing them up to someone's face. Like, yes, that's offensive. Like, stop saying that word. Like, I don't even say it. Just, right. just I also don't do it. <laughs> needing to have a box for people you know, I, mm -hmm. I, you know where, where do i where do i put you how do i categorize you are you mixed right. well, how are you well what was your mom what was your dad you know which I, i'm i'm tired of it i'm tired of all of it and i it does us all a disservice when the reality of it is is that we can say till we're purple race is a construct but until we start living from that place it won't be that for us the reality of it is, is that we live in a society here in the United States that wants to ca categorize people and place a value judgment on it. You know, we're also these people who are supposed to be Anglo-Christian society, meaning that we follow the teachings of Jesus the Christ of Nazareth. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, we're supposed to just be loving folks. Mm -hmm. That's it. Without with that categorization, well, white. So, to the extent that people are identifying as something different, only so that we can say, "I see you on a heart level, and I love you. I recognize your humanity, and I love you. I meet your humanity with my humanity, and I love you. And I will, and I will defend you, and I will protect you." I am a fellow human being walking this earth with you. That's all I'm interested in. And I don't want to hear about your categorization. And if you get told off, you deserved it and be grateful. Yeah. What, what is that? What, why do you need to call someone a mulatto? Yeah. Why do we even need to ask, what do you like to be called? Or what do you want to be called? Like, I want to be called Catherine. That's, that's it. Like, that's all you need to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess I never thought of it that way because I've always been asked that. I'm concerned more with the tone and the way that you ask it. I don't mind curiosity. And I will say that's one thing my my parents, we would always go to different cultural festivals and, and just to expose me to other types of people. So I always had a very natural curiosity. So I always, I never had this feeling that you can't ask, but I learned very quickly the way people ask to me says a lot about what you really think about the answer and that sometimes a lot is going to be determined about myself by the way I answer um, for me, in their mind is, is that there is a part of me that still will want to know, Oh, I wonder if they were born in the United States or are they from somewhere else only because sometimes and not all the time, but sometimes it can inform how they manage situations or what they know mm. about situations. Um, 
how well versed they are in cultural mores. That's it. If it's going to help me understand, but I don't see how mulatto is ever going to help you understand. I just don't. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I just got back from Panama and there's so many different types of people. And I never went up to someone and said like, you know, what are you? Or, you know, like it, it can come through conversation and getting to know each other and maybe it comes up, but I don't need to just, what does it matter? You know, I mean, it, like, I want to know your history, but it's not going to define if I talk to you or not. And I have to have empathy too and put myself in, I could have gone to Panama and said, you know, I'm from the United States. So, you know, I can ask whatever questions I want, but having empathy and going to a new place and, you know, being accepting and open to all types of people without having to be disrespectful or um, maybe say something that's offensive is important. And I think that we lack empathy a lot of the times or can't even relate to, you know, the things and the questions that we're asking. But I would, the advice I would give this person is to just stop. <laughs> just stop. Well, no, so I'm going to play devil's advocate because if, if they stop asking questions, what, what good will come from that? I mean, is it stop asking questions until you've Googled it first to get your own background or to educate yourself or is it just don't ask questions at all? I want to know, I, I, I invite people to consider what is what is it that I'm hoping to gain from this mm-hmm. What can I learn from this question? Is, is it going to facilitate kinship and friendship and connectivity? Or is it going to divide further? It, it depends on what the goal is. I don't know that we have agreement on what the goal is. For me, the goal is always more connection, more more freedom and more brotherhood or siblinghood. I, I think that's a lofty goal, a, a laudable goal. I want to be more connected. Maybe not everybody wants that. I, I also do want to understand. I do seek to understand, but Oftentimes we're just confronted with our own limited education. And that's what people who live in the United States, who live in the Western world should be aware of, that their their education for the most part has been limited because of who gets to tell the story here, who gets Mm -hmm. to write books, and then who gets to approve the books and says, okay, this is what you will learn. And so there's a standard educational system here in the United States that's sorely lacking and perpetuates lies. Mm -hmm. If you are really curious, that is not an informed question. It won't help you to know anything more unless you're going to go deeper. But like, I, I'm really curious about First Nation in, Indigenous people of North America. I'm and I'm realizing how lacking our education has been around that, and so I am cautious in my questions. That I still I have lots of questions. Yeah, I mean it's again privilege. Like who is able to ask? Go up to someone and ask them. Like, do you want to be called this or this and actually say it? I'm not going up to someone and asking that. I can't. (laughs) Like, 
but for a Caucasian person to walk up to a person of color and ask them, do you want to be called this or that? They get crickets or they actually get told an answer, you know, it's, it's privilege. Like I don't have the opportunities to do the same thing. I don't want to do the same thing, but yeah, I, I just don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I think our Asian brothers and sisters have a hard time around this issue that people are constantly coming up to them like, oh, where are your parents from? Well, where are you really from? And, right, like, really? What the, yeah. I mean, what do you, I mean, oh, like, I'm getting all the time. <laughs> I was born here, you fool. You know? <laughs> well, that's why the, the question, again, or I was like, I get more upset when people are like, where are you from? And I'll say South Carolina. Where are you really from? What language do your parents speak? That upsets me. Because it's like, why just because I don't look like you must we assume all these things? And and it's and again, I don't say that to say that there's anything wrong from not being from standard. White supremacy is presumed the standard of what's normal. Anything that's not that is less than and needs to be categorized and identified. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it's not even the majority. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that people are coming to terms with. (laughs) Can you speak to that too? Because there was, I was talking about that with someone who I was like, you know, that's not an accurate word to call people of color minorities on a global sense, because there's far more brown people in the world than there are white people. Also, and to the point about earlier in the Bible, I'm always curious, and I saw somebody put this on TikTok earlier today. I'm like, thank you for saying this. Like, there were no white people in the Bible. Well, Jesus was white. I mean, don't right. you know? <laughs> I get so angry about people of color being from the Middle East. I'm like, do y'all understand geography? Geography? <laughs> and where Jesus came from? Like, what? But okay, that's an aside. I digress. I apologize. Yeah. I hijacked so, for that. This is a big issue that we can't solve it all right now. No, but I appreciate the discussion. Now, I want to say to your point, Lori, about when you're saying like, I'm careful. How do you how do you decide what questions you ask or how you ask them? Um, I think it's contextual. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I just kind of count to the end. And I'm like, do you really need to know that? Or are you just being nosy? And that 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 need to know is going to pass in like five seconds. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just it's just a passing thought. You really don't care. It's yeah. just and so you don't have to everything that comes through your head doesn't have to be verbalized and if yeah. people were to think about that more a lot less hurt, hurt feelings would be existing in the world that's a really great point okay this is tough for me yeah <laughs> what's that Catherine? this is this is tough like that question is tough i just it i don't it shouldn't even be a question it shouldn't even happen <laughs> just just don't say offensive things and we'd be okay. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the context of it too. Hmm? Um, I think people are learning for the first time that they can do things that are offensive. That, that, that they never thought about it before. I literally think they never thought about it before. I think that for some people, the murder of George Floyd is the first time in their mind when, oh, things actually might really be different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. actually be having a different life experience than me. All this time, I thought they were making it up. Mm-hmm. I think there actually might be something going on there that I didn't know about. I, I honestly, I believe that people are having an awakening. And um, 
and they're truly perplexed. Yeah, I mean, in my gut, that pains me because there's so many instances where you should have that same thought. <laughs> I mean, Rodney King to like, I mean, just anyone. <laughs> Trayvon Martin. Right, I mean, there's so many instances and it took- No, because before that people, okay. I, I think what's happening is people have a, a, a keen desire to believe that life is fair. Mm -hmm. and that there is rhyme or reason to the world. And so they could contextualize other people's behavior and say, well, if they'd only complied, if they'd only just done what they were told to do, then this would not have happened. And they don't consider, you know, there's no place in the customer service world that if you offend me, I can kill you. There's, it doesn't exist anywhere except in law enforcement. That if you are disobedient or you offend me in some way, a reasonable response is to be killed. Only in law enforcement. And no one ever really thought about that because they kept thinking, oh, I can't relate to that. That would never happen to me. Yeah. If the police pulled me over, I would stop. If the police asked me a question, I would answer the question. And they never get to well, maybe I would be pissed if the police stopped me every day. That might piss me off and I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> they don't get that far. They don't get that far. They, they don't get to, people are having an experience that is not similar to theirs. They don't get there. And I think, I, I did not watch the George Floyd video. I felt like I, I saw the clip. I, I know what happened. I didn't need to watch it. Mm -hmm. But I think it was stunning to people that someone could say, I can't breathe and not have someone respond to them. That another human being could look directly into a camera and, and say, oh yes, at this moment, I have my, neck, my knee on this person's neck and he can't breathe. And I'm not gonna do anything to this other human being to provide any relief to him. I'm not. I think people were shocked. I know. I, 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 <laughs> Where were that Were we sad? Absolutely. Shot? No. Uh, to your point about offense, I, I one of the things that I, I would watch when I was a kid, because again, in South Carolina, I grew up in a bubble, right? But I would notice, especially as I, I grew up or got older and I understood innuendos and, like I said, the code words that people would think, well, as long as I don't use the N-word and I'm not overtly racist, that I'm not racist at all, but would be completely oblivious to their bias, be completely oblivious to the words that they would use. And even my big test was, what is your reaction going to be when I tell you the color of my mom's skin? And what is the reaction that you're not going to know that you're having? Because it's going to play out on your face before your mind catches up with, oh, now we need to think about whether or not we just said something racist. You weren't worried about that before when you assumed my mom was something else. Or when you find out I'm not Hispanic like you assumed. And you're, I can see you backpedaling like, oh God, what, oh, God, what did I say? Did I say anything offensive? And it's like, well, why didn't you think of that before? Why are you only concerned about it when you know what I am? 
But it's the whole thing of do the right thing because it's the right thing to do versus do what I think is going to be well received. Mm. That's a different way of living. You're doing the right thing all the time, no matter who's looking, who's not looking, whose company you're in, who's not. That's a different way of living. Mm-hmm. And you have to agree that the racist ideas and speech and activity that you might engage in is wrong. I don't know that we have universal you know, agreement on such things. Catherine, you look like you want to say something or you are incredible <laughs> in thought. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know that I have anything else to say in this situation. I don't agree these terms should be used. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to educate ourselves before we start asking questions randomly. I mean, there are millions of books, there's YouTube, there's all sorts of resources that we can rely on before we just start asking things that could be offensive. And I just want people to stop, think about it, educate themselves, and then ask questions. I don't want them to stop asking questions, like going back to what you said, Rosanna, like, yes, ask questions. Let's have conversations. But let's have conversations that we know aren't going to just outrightly offend, you know, like I might accidentally say something like when I'm having a conversation, but I've educated my, you know, I'm just a hypothetical person. Like I've educated myself on this. So I'm going to try my best not to, but I, I can talk to someone who is a confident about something and we're going to know from an understanding that nobody's trying to be offensive. And I know it's just, take some work, you know, it's not as easy as just going up to someone and asking a question because it is offensive. And it's your job to do the work. It's not my job to educate you because the reality of it is, is that I kind of know a lot about you because I've been trained in everything about your life from the time I was born. And you are the one that has to catch up. You are the one that's never been challenged. You are the one that's never been asked to to learn something new, to think of it in a different way. I've had to learn from the time I was born. This is the way that it's done, and this is the way that looks right, and then and had to work out for myself, is that true? Is it just one way to do it, or is that the right way to do it? You know? Yeah. I gotta tell you, I don't think I ever understood, no, I know I didn't, how asking questions and feeling, it took this entire time and what you just said, Lori, for me to understand that that's a privilege to go up and say, I don't understand this, explain this to me. Because were you ever allowed as a black girl to go up to a white person and be like, I don't understand the way you treat me. What is this about? No, absolutely You just have to figure it out for your entire life. And, you know, when you said something to me, when someone said something to me that I found hurtful, I had to work it out for myself. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just go, hey, you know, when you said I wasn't like the others, I had to work that out for myself. I had to take that back to my home and say, you know what, I am just like the others. I am the others. There are no others. That We're all the same. And you just happen to know me. 
and and the fact that you can differentiate like that means that you're not really my friend right and i have to live with that and unfortunately i didn't even know that i needed to take it home i didn't know that i didn't recognize it and i think that's i'm happy and you know just grateful that the next generation is going to be able to, I think, to confront those things to the whoever it is who's saying it and say, you know, what did you mean by that? Not in a, you know, I'm going to beat you up kind of way, but just like, what did that mean? And they're going to recognize it. And that is, those are steps, baby steps, but in the right direction for, you know, future generations to be able to even ask those questions back. So... But I think it's great that we're learning to question the way that we do it is not necessarily the only way or the right way. It's just the way that we've been doing it. That's it. All right. So our last question. (laughs) And this one I've heard from actually a few different people, typically people not from the United States. So I thought it was an interesting to kind of one to pose, but so it's but it's not just whites that are racist. Why is it okay for people of color to treat other people of color or whites badly? Is there really that much racism out there? Yes, <laughs> I mean there is, uh, and it is sad to see black people not treat each other the way that we want to be treated, you know? But it goes back to kind of our first question of, you know, the young man saying, you know, I don't want to be late. Like he's black, he's going to be late. But I mean, that's just kind of maybe not as hurtful of a way to be uh, negative towards someone who's of your race, but it's a start and it's, it's, um, adding to the microaggressions that uh, we have or people think we have for Black people. So I don't know. There's no excuse. I think we're just taught to not like each other. And, you know, we grow up hating each other and, you know, you got to survive. And I just watched the documentary of Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. And they, you know, put them against each other. Like, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to kill you because you killed this person. And it's just, you know, always like the drama of Black people against Black people. Like, that's what gets the the hits and the news and all that kind of stuff. And it feeds into, you know, violence and that Black people just, you know, are always shooting each other and being violent against each other. So you can't trust them. So... I, I mean, it's a shame. It's just how things have gone, how generations have been. Um, well, what I want to say is that it's never right for anyone to ex- express a bias against someone based on some immutable characteristic, your, your race uh, or your gender. It, it's never right. And I also think that it's on us to step into being better to have a bigger role to take on the responsibility of being a leader for being a teacher it's our job and so i fundamentally believe in i love all people i'm not just saying that (laughs) i believe in multiculturalism and i i am intellectually curious 
about other people and what they bring to the table and what their experience has been. I'm not interested in comparative suffering. Everyone suffers. And I don't want to be manipulated into having negative feelings against other ethnic groups because it, it does me no good. It will do my people no good. And so I'm, I'm all in this for everyone. And so to the extent that it is an issue for black feminists and white feminists and all that, I'm, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not there. And when it comes to supporting other people of color, I'm all about it. And to the extent that non-people of color want to be an ally and want to learn, I'm here to support. But you have to do the work on your own. I'm not here to do it for you. And if you really want to do the work, you will. Mm -hmm. yeah. Completely agree. What was the term that you just used? Comparative suffering. I, I had someone once years ago say, you know, telling me about their background and it was European and they were saying, well, you know, I know that blacks like to, or not like to, but they say slaves, you know, were treated really badly, but do you know indentured servants were actually treated worse? And I was like, no, that's not a thing. Um, that's no. historically inaccurate one, but, and it was like this justification, like, well, look at how bad Europeans well, had when they came here compared to blacks. And it was like that. Oh, a little bit, because people will often say, I want to explore it a little bit. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about black folks should get over slavery. It was a long time ago. Get over it. Well, we talked about it wasn't really that long ago. One, two, the impact of it has never yet been overcome. Three, and people continue to enjoy, enjoy economic benefit from that industry, it is the foundation of the country. Or, and we can't get over it because you keep refreshing the wound. Mm. So, you know, the, the oppression of black people is embedded in the constitution, in all of the laws of this country, in the way that law enforcement does its job. It is all embedded. It is embedded in the way people think of crime. Mm -hmm. So we can't get over it because it's not yet stopped. Right. And so there, there is a belief that there are generational markers on people's DNA from their ancestors for, from suffering that has happened. And in order to overcome it, there has to be a break. There has, you have to stop the harm and then give people an opportunity to recover and place something on those DNA markers. So yes, people have suffered over millennia in different communities, that is true. And there has been a mark on them genetically, that is true as well, however, we have decided to create a society where we say anyone who is not black is going to be assumed better and be given some form of privilege. And as long as people continue to suffer over that and under that oppression, 
we're going to continue to be stuck with the consequences. So am I working diligently to see everybody as a human being, a spiritual being having a human experience? Yes, I am. However, the truth is I am a spiritual being having a human experience inside of a black body. And I've known no other way of being and I found it to be painful. And that is my truth. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that we're ever going to fully be able to escape that. I mean, it's part of our history. I don't know. I, I start to think that, you know, generations are going to change and, you know, people are going to die and, you know, we're going to change and things are, we're going to move on. But then we have, you know, like Trump come into office and him like praise races, racism and him like restore all of that. And then we have January 6th happen and it's like, we're back at where we were. And then recently people on horses were wrangling black people and they did a comparison shot and it was, you know, slavery. And nowadays I, the NAACP put it on Instagram yesterday and it was, this is then, and this is like today, like the same things are happening. And so I really, you know, start to have hope that things are changing. And I think I'm always just in my bubble, you know, like that's not the real world. That's not really how things are. And I do have hope that one day things will change, but I just, and it's going to take each of us, I think one person at a time, but we have a long way to go. I agree. And I also have lots of hope and belief that things can happen in things can happen rapidly. And I think the internet is gonna play a major role in, in connecting people and making the world a smaller place and making it harder for people to continue to pe perpetuate the lies that they have used in the past to divide us. And that there's more and more willingness to see it differently, to see another way, to, to look for the truth. And in my experience, things, tend to escalate and get a little bit more painful, and then there is a breakthrough, very much like childbirth. And so I'm holding that vision that we are on the precipice of something really beautiful. Yeah. And creation is complete. Everything we need is here. We haven't discovered how to put it all together, but it's all here. Yeah. I mean, I want to believe that. I, I really do. I just... I think no matter all the, for every good that we find on the internet, more the truth that we find, there's just as much hate. And I think we really have seen that with COVID and vaccinations and how people just don't care about their neighbor. Like they, you know, love thy neighbor. No, like I'm here for myself and I'm going to not take this vaccine. I don't care who it's going to hurt. And there's just, I don't know, so much hate out there. And I, I, I really do hope that you're right, Lori. I really do. <laughs> Just let, leave a corner of your mind open to that possibility. Yeah. And it will grow. It will grow. I can't think of a better way to end it than with that, in all honesty. So thank you to both of you. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope so. I, I know it was for me personally, feel like I have a lot of my own reading to do. Um, 
Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh. And thank you for this forum, for just being open, asking questions. As a bit of an update, I decided after that conversation with Catherine and Lori that maybe I should dig a little deeper into the origins of Mulatto and why both of them had such a visceral response. Because to my knowledge, Mulatto just meant mixed and referred to the amount of black blood that you have in you. When Lori mentioned the one drop rule, though, that hinted to me that there was more to it than I had previously understood. So I did that research. And I have to tell you, it's a little embarrassing that I hadn't done it before then. And I don't take back the fact that I told my friend that I'm not offended by that term and I don't care whether they use it to that point. But I have to tell you, if you take the time to read into the word and how it's been used against people, and just like Lori said, to diminish people or to basically make it seem if you are not white, you are not right. I don't know that I would want to be called that now. That if a friend came to me today and said, tell me about this word, I would point to a very ugly history. And while I do have the opportunity and the option to decide I don't want that word to mean something ugly, at the end of the day, it's been used that way. And it is, that's the exact reason I don't use the N-word. So I just encourage you, if you've ever been curious or maybe now after listening to this episode you are, look into the word. It may have held more weight for me because I learned a lot about how even in entertainment, mulattoes have been portrayed and the stories that have been told and to hear how there's been so much debate by historians over the years about you know mulattoes were the light-skinned slaves and they were treated better but then I read this very interesting article that said well it depends on what you mean by treated better because they were also much more likely to be raped by the white slave owners because they could pass for white but they were just as disposable as full black slaves. So it is an ugly history, but it is very much a part of this country's history. And I am very grateful to Lori and Catherine for having these conversations with me. I am very grateful that they were open to them. For my listeners, if at any point during these conversations, your knee-jerk reaction was to say, well, I don't understand or I don't agree, then I'm not saying it's wrong, but I am asking that Do better than I did. Take some time and actually do some reading before having these conversations. Uh, There are some great resources. I mentioned a couple of them in the last episode. One is The Color of the Law. The other is So You Want to Talk About Race by Ilgioma Oluo. It's everything that we talked about in this series and then some. And by the way, there is a part three of the series. I'm not going to give too many hints about what's going to be discussed in part three, but just know there is a part three to this series. And it is a solo episode as of now. But a couple of the chapters in So You Want to Talk About Race, um, Why Am I Always Being Told to Check My Privilege?, Is police brutality really about race? Why can't I say the N-word? Why can't I touch your hair? What are microaggressions? I just got called a racist. What do I do now? It is such a great starting point 
I wish I'd read it a year ago, two years ago, before doing this series, because I got to tell you, it's really easy from my perspective to think that because I have witnessed certain things or seen ways that my mom has been treated or friends have been treated, that I came to this conversation with as much of a knowledge as Lori and Catherine, and this series has shown me I didn't. I really didn't. I came to this conversation with a lot of feelings, most of which were very personal, but to some extent, I just don't think that's enough when you ha- when you want to have these conversations. There's this saying that my dad used to say, and it's, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I think a lot of people go into these conversations with really good intentions, but because we are only going with intention and emotion, sometimes that doesn't allow us to truly have conversations that move a needle, that affect change. So if you got nothing else from the series thus far, I hope that you were just given a few resources that you could look at. And maybe you were given a couple perspectives that you hadn't considered before. And I hope you come back for next week's episode. All right. Have a great week. And thank you for listening to this podcast. <laughs>